Welcome to Canada's podcast. Welcome to Canada's podcast. I'm your host, Celine Williams. And today my guests are Katie Conliffe and Jenny Shaw, the co-owners of the Girl Gang Canada, which is an online collective of small women-owned Canadian businesses. The Girl Gang was founded in 2018 and since then has grown to 100 female entrepreneurs and business owners from across the country. Katie and Jenny, welcome. Hello. I'm very excited to talk to you. I think your business idea is super cool. And of course, I want to start with the, you know, how did this come together? What's the story behind how Girl Gang was founded and and where you are at now? So I'm Katie. Um, I started with a, uh, I still have Knack Shop. So I own another business on the side where I do custom signs. Um, That started when I was in college and there was bought the first home was pregnant in school and made everyone Christmas gifts. And it kind of spun into, can you make me this? Can you make me this? And, um, a Facebook account was started a business account. And that was about eight years ago. Um, I started selling after that into a local shop in Sarnia and learned my first business struggles. So I was selling in the store on consignment, which was all brand new to me. Um, About eight months in, I wasn't getting payment from the shop. So a group of us didn't get paid. Things happen like that. Um, Big, big lesson learned there. And we kind of grouped together and started our own little um, consignment shop that was transparent and integral and we just didn't want those things to happen and teach people like there is more behind business than you know just selling and you got to look out for yourself and protect yourself and that's kind of how it all started cool jenny do you want to share a little bit of your story as well for sure um katie and i are really good friends we've been good friends since high school And I was following along when she launched, um, it was your local girl gang when they first launched. And when that happened, like avid supporter, you know, uh, always in the shop because it was the coolest shop in Sarnia. Um, And because my background is in content management, digital marketing, and and more predominantly so in social media management, um, I think you guys were live for like a year. You had been running the business for about a year where I I stepped in and I was like, look, I can help. Um, So stepped in fully as a partner um, just over a year ago, right around when COVID hit. And uh, luckily with my background, I was like, hey, let's make this digital. We did some business shifts um, and decided to go nationwide and hit, you know, like, an online marketplace rather than just in store, which happened about the same time where we had to close the store because of the pandemic. Um, So yeah, since then, you know, taking it from like a small local uh, consignment based shop to an online digital marketplace that supports um, vendors from across Canada has been kind of a really cool experience. And um, we're just growing and learning a lot along the way. Yeah. So I'm curious the 
the I have so many questions. I think a lot of people who listen to this can really relate to having um a bricks and mortar store, mm-hmm. restaurant, business, whatever it is of some sort that often out of necessity in the past year has had to shift online, even if they were sort of thinking about doing it at some point in the future. Um, so I'm curious for the two of you, because you have different perspectives on it, right? You know, Katie, your background is really more with the bricks and mortar and Jenny and yours is really more online. What ha- what are the challenges or what have been the challenges or lessons on either side of that? So, you know, in not, o- I mean, yes, in the past year, primarily because of the pandemic, but sort of in general, what are, what have been your challenges or, or lessons in that, in those spaces? The shift in sales, to- like a hundred percent, we sold a lot of clothing in store, which you can try on and look at and touch. Whereas when we went online, it kind of flipped what we were selling. And it was like, okay, wait a minute. Now we have to figure out a way to support clothing and maintain sales there that aren't there anymore because people can't have access to that. Right. Yeah. I think um, definitely learning what works on each side of things. So like when you get foot traffic in a brick and mortar shop, you got people that are it's tangible, right? Like you're picking up products, you're smelling stuff, you're trying on stuff. You can browse. Um, Katie and I always say like the person that's coming in the store for a $20 item is going to walk away with a hundred dollars worth of merch because they're like, Oh my gosh, like this is an experience. This is, I love the store. And what Katie's done with the physical store has been truly amazing. Like making it making it that experience. So when we went digital, we're like, well, how do we support that experience? Like, you know, building an e-commerce platform, first of all, was a learning curve, like right off the bat, we went Shopify and that was that for the platform we wanted to build. That was something that we probably shouldn't have done. (laughs) We probably should have shifted WooCommerce. Um, and you know, didn't do our, well, like I didn't do my due diligence there. I was just like, yeah, Shopify, this is cool. Um, this looks easy and effortless to put together, which it is. And I think for a small brand, Shopify is an amazing platform and can support a small vendor. But, um, we learned, I think within six months that like navigation, when you're supporting over a hundred brands is like, you need to customize that. And you need to make sure that you have an expert building that website that can support, you know, how the customer's journeying through that online experience, because it is so much different than the brick and mortar experience. So I think that was like a huge shift going from like brick and mortar to e-commerce to like replicate the experience while still like showcasing, you know, a thousand products. Um, And then also like capturing those customers when you have the online store uh, or sorry, the physical store, um, you got people returning because of whatever reason, but like, how do you get them to return to your store when you're online is huge and making sure that you have like the systems in place to do that. So like building a really strong email list, like what are you, what incentives are you offering um, to make people say, yeah, like I want to sign up for your deals and offers. And um, so I think those are like, 
two of the biggest um, learning curves that we experienced and still experience today. Like we're constantly making adjustments to our website. Um, <laughs> I'm never pleased with it. I'm always like, <laughs> oh, let's change this, let's change that. Um, but I'm a strategist at, at heart. So it's, I'm always changing my mind. Well, you can see um, our carts online. You can see people add, you know, 16 things and then take away 10. Whereas in store, you're buying all 16 things. You're like, Oh, not questioning it. You know, you're here, you're there, you're now it is like, you're buying it, you know? Yeah. I would imagine that the, um, and I don't know, I'm not making an assumption about your in-store return policy, but I imagine the fact that people are unsure about returns when they're buying online and they're unsure how complicated how complex it could be because sometimes it's really complicated, sometimes it's not, sometimes people have return policies, sometimes they don't. I would imagine that that has a significantly different customer like experience to be thought through entirely online versus in store. Yeah. Uh, oh, our shipping <laughs> has been like, we're like, whoa, because we have hurt like a free pickup location with the pandemic, we were like, okay, we're online. Like we need to have the people who are strong customer based, which is our local city, Sarnia, Ontario, like they need to be able to pick it up like instantly, but then setting it up online, we were like, what do we do? So it's been, and there's so many things to think about that. We just like online retention tactics, like, you know, abandoned cart checkouts and like retargeting being like hey like we saw you see we saw you take a peek at that like these are some other things you know just like there's just a lot to think about which we had no experience in when we shifted but it's been cool like we've we're getting there yeah i think so yeah. <laughs> i think that's all, always the case right like it's like you're figuring it out it doesn't have to it's not about being perfect right no one is doing this perfectly. <laughs> Everyone is just doing their best and figuring it out. And everything changes so quickly. You just have to be adaptable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, okay. So I want to take a step back for a second and ask this question. So Jenny, you mentioned that your background was in sort of digital marketing. Um, we're, and Katie, it sounds like you've been entrepreneurial, whether it was your primary thing for a long time. So did either of you or both of you always think at some point, I want to own a business and I want to be an entrepreneur? And like, already you're like shaking your head. You're like, no. So can you tell me a little bit about what got you to that point or what made you decide like, or take the plunge? Because sometimes it's not so much deciding as being like, this is, this is my opportunity. I think it's exciting a little bit. It is kind of excited, the unknown, and then learning about like, business, there's so much to learn. There is not a day that goes by that I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. And grow and grow on top of that and grow on top of that. It is a different world. I'm totally, but it is a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like from starting from making something to creating an Instagram and then making a sale is like, a base. And then it's like, okay, now I have overhead. Now I need marketing. Now I need this. Now I need an accountant. Now I need, you know, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, and learning all of that. And then it's nice to have the first business and having kind of as a learning experience and then girl gang and being like, Hey, I've kind of 
you know, polish my area in this. And so that's helpful. And then, um, creating something larger than what began. Get sucked into it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think you do. I think you get sucked into the entrepreneurial journey and then you figure out whether or not it's right for you. I've never been the nine to five. Like I've never saw myself in an office. I, I started in the, um, well, Katie and I actually both started in um, the food service industry as servers, bartenders. And then um, I went to school for nutrition. And when I left school, got pregnant. And I think, Katie, you actually have a very similar story, but I uh, got pregnant. And while I was pregnant, I had just left the food service industry. And I was like, what do I do right now? Um, so I started a blog, which turned into content management and product promotion and loved it. Like I loved writing. I loved, I loved promoting small brands. Like I've always been kind of connected to the food industry, which for my content, um, agency, it's, it's like wellness and, and food brands, um, and apps for some reason, but, and from there shifted into content management. And I was like, Oh, this is for me. Like I could, I don't think I could I mean, I would go back to not running a business if that's what life had in store for me. Like if something happened and I had to give up my business, I would go back into like the marketing industry, but, and work for an agency, but I, it wouldn't be by choice. It would kind of be like, ah, this is what you have to do. Like, this is the next step for you. I love running, um, my own business. It is hard. It is so hard. Um, and I love like partnering with my best friend to run the girl gang Canada, which is also hard, but I don't know if I'd have it any other way. No, I don't sleep at night, but it is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So are there unique challenges? I'm guessing there are, but how do you balance being best friends and running a business. Like, how does that work? Cause I would imagine that sometimes it's uniquely extra challenging. Um, I think because we both have families and kids, it is literally like, it's no, Hey, what's up? How are you? How is your, it's like, Hey, I have two seconds. Like, what do you need? <laughs> and we understand that on that level, which is great because we actually like live in separate worlds. Like she's digital, I'm in shop. And if we need to talk to each other, we talk to each other, but we only have like a minute. Yeah. We have separate strengths. And I think that building any partnership is like, you really got to pull out what your strengths are and say, okay, this is what we're doing. But just like from a business um, strategy point of view, when we first kicked this off, our, my husband's also involved in like the financial side of things, but when we, he's, he's a really good like analyst, but when we kicked it off, we all, the three of us sat down and said, um, these are what each individual roles are and they overlap sometimes, but if they overlap, like it's all an agreement, like we're not going to fight and argue about it. We're just going to like be, we're going to put our business hats on and say, okay, this isn't personal. It's business. And like, let's just, let's work this out. And I think the three of us are all pretty adaptable, you know, like we, we try our hardest to make sure that we're like on each other's page and like looking at it from all angles, whatever the problem might be and say, okay, like, let's come up with a solution. 
So I think that being having your own lane as a partner is important. Yeah. And trusting each other. Like I just trust that what Jenny's doing is the best way. And she trusts that what I'm doing is the best way too. And then if we have questions, we like talk it out. I'm sure we'll have like in the future, <laughs> we'll be like, <laughs> have a different answer. <laughs> For now it's, it's perfect. Yeah. I think that's a really important point though, is we don't always think about, I think it's really easy for business partners to be like, well, we think and do the exact same thing. So we get along so easily. Let's just partner together and it's going to be easy because we are the exact same. Um, And I think your point is really valid that, that it's really, I see this when I work with teams that that diversity, that actually having different strengths is the most important thing in order for, for any team to be effective. And that's, that's what I'm hearing inside what you're saying is like, that matters. And Katie, to what you said, trusting each other, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to, at the end of the day, even if you weren't like best friends and you didn't like each other, if you trusted each other because you knew that the other person cared as much as you do or whatever the case may be, then, then that's, I think, really important as well. Yeah. Um, so I am curious as you continue to grow the girl gang across Canada and think about the future of what you all are working on. What does that, like, what do you have up your sleeves? What are you thinking about? Ooh, where are the limits here? <laughs> spent a weekend. We just had a um, pop-up shop over the birthday. So it's and like new goals. <laughs> just spent the weekend hashing out a new strategy. Um, but I think like one of our primary focuses for the future is having our own line. Uh, so we're just thinking like, what do, what do, what do you have? Like what Katie said, the whole purse thing. I know we were talking about that earlier, but Katie's like, what do we, what does a woman have in her purse? And I'm like, nail file, like this, that, like, we're just like, okay, let's do a really cool edgy girl gang line where people are like, yeah, I need, I need one of those. Um, and how are we supporting and, and building our vendors, um, helping them grow. And I think another thing is just kind of like what impact we want to have in the community and, and what, um, what like nonprofits and stuff we want to be affiliated with, uh, cause there's so many of them out there, but you know, you can't, <laughs> unfortunately you can't support them all because there's just too many, but what ones really align with like our message and, um, how can we better support our community is like going to be a huge focus for the end of 2021. I, I don't know if I'm missing anything, Katie. There's a, there's so many. <laughs> I, that's where I get creative. I'm like, I want it all. <laughs> I want peach on everything, but, um, we'll get there. And one of the big things, like when it first started, I really, really wanted franchise stores mm-hmm. so that these products are in actual physical stores across Canada, but that's an, a longer term goal, but that would be so cool. Like, or an app to find a service near you or the closest, like, you know, girl gang certified shop or whatever, you know what I mean? So those are definitely goals that we got to get through this year and get our store open is like yeah. through COVID. <laughs> um, I've been talking a lot about the like earlier, I was mentioning that that experience of in-store versus online. So we've been talking a lot about how to make 
the in-store experience complement the online experience and what kind of technologies we can bring into the store that to make it just like um like a really cool place to hang out where people from even we live on a border city so we're like oh how can we get americans talking about that little shop in canada a little shop across the border that has like all of these really cool things where you can just go in and like instagram worthy store and just be like yes i need to shop there like yes i need to like go even if it's just like a visit like how are we supporting you know consumers who just like want to check out the store so yeah trying to figure all that out <laughs> learning curve but <laughs> um i mean there's it's such a strange year to be trying to figure some of these pieces out i'd imagine given who knows when things are going to open again at this point? Who knows when people are going to be able to be back in like it's just yeah. a really strange time and I fully appreciate that cuz that's a really specific challenge for bricks and mortars. Mm -hmm. Bricks and mortar. Like where businesses. is the economy going to be sitting at when we do open? Yeah. You no, know? so it's a lot of up in the air yeah like <laughs> yeah that's how I feel lately yeah I I get I totally appreciate that um I want to ask this question because you mentioned something about the vendor the vendors I don't know why I was saying that such in such a strange way the <laughs> vendors that are in store on platform how do you how have you thus far found the 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 people that are on your platform or in your store like how has this come together I'm really curious about that because I would imagine that creating that community and collective is not simply as easy as going like hey are you a woman who or female identifying person who owns a business come jump on our I, i'm guessing it's not quite that easy we've been lucky <laughs> because uh we so we have a member application form on our website um and a lot of times we just get applications rolling in like i say we get quite a few every week. Um, we have to vet them. So uh, one of our major requirements is you have to have a business license because a lot of times we get people who are just doing crafts and we can't support that on the store because we have to have consistent products for our yeah. customers. Um, other than that, uh, I think our social media is growing pretty fast and we tend to get a lot of our um, vendors sharing our platform like if they are calling out a new stockist they'll share in their stories and a lot of vendors follow other vendors and in, in the it's just like a huge community so i think our name kind of gets out there um by tapping into other audiences uh but other than that we are working on kind of growing a little bit faster which would require us to find vendors as well and instagram <laughs> instagram is like where it's at you know just searching hashtags and um kind of figuring out what what niche um like areas in our online shop we need to fill and what's trending so like finding trending products whether it's like you know ceramic i don't know pot holders or something like that like trying to figure out where you know what TikTok is saying for like small businesses and being like okay like we can fit that niche um but yeah we've been lucky we've been lucky that people are just applying that's awesome i think that's yeah. a 
that's a and it's and I'm not remotely surprised that something like Instagram is big for mm-hmm. for the girl gang because it's such a there's such a visual component when there's products involved, right? Like it's like it's a really wonderful space to get to to play in. Um mm-hmm. before we wrap this up, I'd love to ask this question, which is fully selfish for the audience. Um, if you had to give a piece of advice to yourself 10 years ago or five years ago, I don't, you know, whenever you sort of were starting your, whether it's career or entrepreneurial journey, um, what would you go back and tell yourself? If there is a fear, tackle it because that is the most reward you will get. Like doing a podcast. I remember the first one I was sweating. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. And and then I got over, I did it. And I was like, that wasn't bad. It was good. It was good. Right. Like it, it's all these little fears you have in yourself. And it's like, just tackle it, go for it. What's the worst that could happen? It sucks. You lose, you learn something from it. Like those fears are your stepping stones to success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> I don't know if I can... <laughs> um, I, okay. So personally, I would say like, imposter syndrome is pretty real. And it kind of aligns with what Katie's saying. Like, you know, you're constantly judging yourself based off of what other people are doing. Like that's not going to get you far at all. Um, and I, I've been trying to like master, like when really recognizing when imposter syndrome is like kicking in and being like, okay, no, today's just like, you know, those are intrusive thoughts. Like you'll get that out of your head in a day or so. Um, but in terms of like building a business, I would say do the investment upfront. Don't like nickel and dime your, and this is just from like, you know, being like, I'll just do it myself. And then spending 150 hours on a project where it's like, you know what, I could have just dropped a thousand dollars and got that done fast and like by an expert. Um, and I see this problem a lot, just like with my other business, but, uh, it's worth it. Like investing in your logo, investing in your brand, investing in a strategy or having like a business coach is one where, where we see like a lot of small businesses be like, I just can't get it. And like hire a business coach because they will help you get it. Um, or like, you know, a marketing strategist or a marketing team behind you, social media manager. I, I think like investing and like vetting your investment by being like, okay, I've talked to a lot of businesses and I've talked to a lot of like marketing managers or strategists or whatever. And like, this is who I align with the most and like really making sure that you're not just like being like, yeah, I just want the cheapest one. Um, I think is an important thing off the bat. And I know it's hard saying this for a lot of small businesses that don't have the capital behind them, but it's, I just, that's like one of my biggest things. If I could go back and just say, you know, upfront, I'm going to invest $15,000 in my brand. And, and that's a business investment because I know I'll get the return back. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Um, thank you both for joining me today. For all of our listeners and viewers, you can, the, the links will be in the, the show notes, but you can also find The Girl Gang online at thegirlgang.ca. Um, I appreciate your time. It was lovely chatting with you. You too. Thanks for having me.